Welcome to Rokamed Pros. Hi, my name is Rochelle Luna. Um, I'm a PA and... I'm Erin and I'm a PA. We um, are board certified physician assistants. Yep, we work in the aesthetic industry. So basically a PA is kind of the right hand of a doctor. It's uh, We do everything very similar. Uh, we write prescriptions, we see our own patients, we perform procedures. Um, yeah, we just, we're pretty much permanent residents after physicians graduate, they do a residency where we, we don't, we're just, we're just there. We're just hanging out with them the whole time. (laughs) (laughs) We, uh, yeah, we work independently. Um, and this is what we do. We, Aaron and I specifically, we specialize in aesthetics. Like we said, uh, we work mostly doing injectables and lasers and other cosmetic procedures. So Yeah. Everything skincare, beauty, and aesthetics is what we love and what we can't stop talking about, which is why we called ourselves LOCA. Why don't you tell us what that stands for, Rochelle? (laughs) It stands for Lifestyle Obsession of Cosmetics and Aesthetics, which is exactly what this is. It's just an obsession of a lifestyle of uh, beauty and self-care and all that's makeup and cosmetic and aesthetic related. So... Yeah, we really just wanted to bring uh, more knowledge to the general population and uh, have patients more prepared when they're getting these cosmetic procedures. I work in a med spa, and Rochelle works in a plastic surgeon's office, Mm -hmm. and we just were always talking about our experiences, um, the latest and greatest trends in the game, and also a lot of like patient concerns and client... um, care and Mm -hmm. yes different cases all the time Mm -hmm. and we felt like we needed to share this knowledge with everybody that's why we started a podcast right we have patients coming in all the time asking the same sort of questions and uh we really just kind of wanted to bring that general knowledge that we have um to the rest of the world so that everyone's just a little bit more well well repaired prepared when they go to their cosmetic procedures because everyone's doing it now it's not so only for the rich and famous to do cosmetic procedures everyone's not, doing not it. so taboo either I right. feel like there is like a a little bit of a people kind of giving you the glare not everyone wants to tell their friends what they're doing right. I had someone come in the other day that told me that they don't tell their friends that they do this and yeah. I'm just like why who cares I know I know I think our generation's a little bit more open about it I think absolutely um, you know, women in their, you know, late 40s, 50s, 60s are a little bit more, I don't want to tell my husband or I don't want to tell my friends. But Mm -hmm. um, now it's just becoming so mainstream. So it's part of the whole anti-aging protocol. Yeah. Everyone seems to be obsessed with the whole anti-aging thing lately. So, and we're all about it. We're all about researching and reading, you know, articles and uh, peer-reviewed research and We're really, you know, we go to conferences. We're constantly learning about this stuff, too. So we really just wanted to bring all of our experiences and knowledge to everyone. Yes. And we don't know everything, but we do just want to grow and listen and learn and Mm -hmm. answer all the questions. educate people while we learn. Yeah. Exactly. So it's, you know, we're all learning together. So our first episode basically is Botox because it's kind of the gateway drug into the industry. It's kind of what people really start with, kind of get their toes wet a little. Absolutely. The first dive into the rabbit hole. Yeah. So Botox is a neurotoxin, a neuromodulator, if you will, 
composed of Clostridium botulinum. That's a mouthful. <laughs> it is, so. It's a toxin produced by bacteria, but, you know, we we produce it now in a lab and it's safe and it's only used in small doses. And sterile and all that, yes. Right. So Botox is a name brand. Let's just get that straight. Mm-hmm. All There's a couple different neurotoxins. Mm-hmm. We'll get into all the different types um, in a little bit, but... Um, we just say Botox just because it's the most well-known. It's kind of an easy name. Been around the longest. Rolls off the tongue pretty nicely. Yeah. It's what everybody calls it. Yes. But there are different, different types. So it's not like one is generic or anything like that. There's different benefits and a couple different aspects to the brands. Yeah. Just kind of like Coke and Pepsi or different types of apples. Right. (laughs) Just (laughs) different, but the same all at the same time. Exactly. It's all going to do the same thing. It's going to... Partially paralyze the muscles, which right. is what we want. And so it's been FDA approved since the 80s for other medical conditions, um, including muscle spasms and migraines. And then in 2002, it was FDA approved for aesthetic cosmetic purposes. Um, and so it's it's been pretty well studied in the past you know, several years. And there's not a lot of side effects to it. So it seems overall pretty safe. Right. Yeah. Allergan, which is the makers of Botox, they noticed that when they were injecting people for migraines that those people, they didn't have as much wrinkles and they were loving life and liking their looks a little bit. That's a great side Exactly. Decided to take it over to the cosmetic side of things. Mm -hmm. Let's just talk about how a neurotoxin works, basically. So basically, uh, the nerves innervate muscles and those nerves make the muscles move. So what Botox does is it blocks those nerves from making the muscle move, that is actually irreversible. So once the Botox blocks that nerve, it never transmits a signal ever again. So what the body does is it actually grows new nerves to innervate the muscles. And that takes about three to six months, depending um, on the person, to start making muscle movement again. So that's why you usually have to get Botox anywhere between three to six months for most people to keep up with it. Absolutely. It's FDA approved for four months just to cover their asses pretty much Mm -hmm. is why they're doing that. Most people, (laughs) exactly. most people on an average are going to make those new nerves in about four months and you're never going to stop making them. So people don't freak out if we wish that we could stop. I'm sure a lot of people wish that they could stop making those nerves. Right. But you can. Basically Botox peaks in about 14 to 21 days. So if a patient ever needs a touch up, I always say wait two weeks because it has not taken full effect. Yeah, until two weeks. So that's a common thing. These other brands like Disport or Zeoman, they work a little bit differently. I don't have, I will say I'm, I don't have much experience with Zeoman. I don't, I'm not, it doesn't sound like I'd be a big fan of it because I hear a lot of um, it. I, I, I only it. have a little bit of experience with it actually. Yeah. Um, it is a little bit different. There is a protein that's attached to Disport and Botox to mm-hmm. the main active ingredient that mm-hmm. botulinum toxin. And it allows, it's um, more the transportation molecule to get the Botox into the muscle. So um, that being said, Botox has a slightly larger protein attached than Dysport, which um, allows the Dysport to activate much sooner. Yeah, Dysport activates in like two to five days. After like a week, it's like in full effect. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's got a lot of good followers on that too. People just don't, haven't heard of it as much. Yeah, I like Dysport a lot. 
I agree. I, Most of the time, yeah. that's what I'm reaching for just because I want that instant gratification. But. Right. It's so much quicker. That's really <laughs> the biggest thing of it. Totally. Exactly. They really do all last about the same amount of time, though. Some people try to say, oh, Dysport lasts longer, which it can if it's just a more potent dilution. But we'll get into that later Absolutely. on. Yeah. But they uh, all last about the same. Yes. And Xeomin, back to Xeomin, Xeomin has no protein. So yeah. it's going to it's gonna activate pretty quickly. You're probably going to walk out of there the next day, see some results. So I think it's a little bit more popular in like Hollywood and things like that. But the downside of that is it's going to probably be metabolized through your system much quicker. Yeah, that's what I've heard from patients, that it does not last as long. So it's kind of like not worth the money type thing. So we don't really do it at our practice. It's just, um, yeah, it's just not worth it. Right. Same, same here. I mean, if you, if you got the money to be shelling out for that every couple months, then right. You know, yeah. Cheers to you, but <laughs> not worth it. Not for the rest of us. We want yeah. it to last as long as possible. Right. So what Botox does is it, you know, it stops the muscle from moving. So in turn, you basically stop the skin from wrinkling on itself. So kind of how I like to explain to my patients is think about a piece of paper and you're folding it you know, over and over and over again. Well, finally, you want to stop that and you kind of want to get that wrinkle out of the paper. Well, you can't with just, you know, with anything. So that's kind of goes into static lines versus dynamic lines. So static lines are there at rest. Dynamic lines are there with movement. Absolutely. And because we're training the muscle, we are some of those lines that have been caused by years and years and years of use it's not just going to go away with one treatment of Botox. Right. You, we have, we're also not treating the skin. Again, we're treating the muscle. So it's strategically placed in certain muscles, mainly around the eyes, the glabella, mm-hmm. which is in between the eyebrows, and um, the, the frontalis, which is the forehead crack. Right. If these lines are there at rest, Botox is likely not going to get rid of them 100% is what we're trying to say. So it will soften those lines, but it will not get rid of them 100%. If you only have lines when you're moving, that's when Botox will get rid of any kind of little line you have and it will stop those lines from getting any deeper. Exactly. So mainly, kind of like what we were talking about before, Botox is going to be used for with from the eyes up. That's where it's FDA approved. That's mm-hmm. where we like to put it. It's the um, safest. Yeah. It's the safest. Yeah, exactly. Less and risk. Because we're treating the muscles, it's um, some of the other muscles below the face we need to use to chew, to eat, to use, smile. So mm-hmm. we're not going to want to mess with those. And there are certain muscles that we can isolate and treat and put Botox or a neurotoxin in, but you're going to have more risk of side effects. Right. So like a lot of people come for the bunny scrunch that little those little wrinkles right across your nose when you laugh or sometimes when people are are smiling um they'll make that little bunny scrunch right there between the eyes and the nose of course you can treat that however may risk of you know changing your smile or or dropping look a little bit yeah right dropping your lips or anything i mean there's a lot of the lower face ones have just a lot more risk like doing the smoker lines lip lines and you won't be able to you know, sip spaghetti or drink out of a straw anymore or talk the same. It's just, yeah, if you really need it, we'll do it. But a lot of times no one's really promoting that a lot. Yeah. And sometimes people don't care if they can sip out of a cup. (laughs) I had a lady today. She was like, I don't care. It's worth it. I'm like, okay, fine. Do do you, girl. 
So you just have to make sure that your provider is telling you about those risks. Um, obviously, everything's going to go away in three to four months. Right. Even more so when, with areas below the eyes. But right. you just have to make trial sure and you're error. educated. Exactly. Right. And don't be scared to try it. If you want to try it, just know that you might have to live with some consequences for a couple months. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I know I've done a couple areas on me where I'm like, I'm not doing that again. Yeah. But I'm glad I know. Right. A little science experiment. Exactly. We got to test on ourselves. We're all guinea pigs. So. <laughs> Um, some other uses that for Botox that is kind of popular is um, hyperhidrosis, which is excessive sweating um, under the arms or the hands or the soles of the feet. Um, it basically, uh, the neurotoxin blocks the nerves that stimulate sweat glands. Um, and Same also thing acne. with acne. Yeah, mm-hmm. you can get a little bit. I mean, these are these are new um, right. acne. Um, it's probably expensive too, I would think. Where I've seen it done, it's put in um, a little, um, like little stamp almost. Where yeah, kind of like a micro needle. Yeah, exactly. Kind like of? a yeah. hollow micro needling uh-huh. where you get a little bit and it's very superficially placed and it's very diluted. Like you would right. only get it like 10 units over your whole face. But right. in turn, it would um, block that nerve that's ca- causing the sebaceous glands to contract or this little oil glands to contract so exactly keeps you acne free for a couple months yeah I'd like to try that one day I know (laughs) experimentation (laughs) later on exactly so people are always asking uh you know what's a unit how much do you dilute this you know is it overly diluted or do you water down yeah is it watered down and we just want to do a PSA of people people stop (laughs) just stop worrying about if it's diluted or not because it's always diluted and Botox comes in a powdered form. We have to right. add water to it. We have so, to. Of course, it's sterile. Of course, it's medical grade. Mm-hmm. Blah blah blah. You don't need to know any of that. <laughs> you All don't need you to worry need to about know that. is the provider. Hopefully, you're going to a trusted medical provider, mm-hmm. which who's obviously honest. Who, who's honest. And obviously, yeah. you need the certain amount of units that they're prescribing to you. Right. And if buy per the, unit, exactly buy per unit. So if it's over overly diluted it wouldn't work. And so if you're getting a result, then... Then you're fine. You are fine. And then yeah. if not, you're never going to go back. And I don't think any business would want customers that are not coming right. back. People so. are not trying to, you know, screw you over one time and so that you never come back because they don't want to lose patients. So just if it works, yeah, if it doesn't, go back to that provider and have them fix it. So don't don't worry so much about the dilution. And everyone has a different number of units that they use. One person may have 20 units they use. One person may have 50 units that they use. Everyone is so different. So because everyone's anatomy is different. Everyone's mm-hmm. muscle strength is different. So right. don't be comparing your units to your friends. Right. I know I'll get two ladies that'll come at the same time and they'll be like, oh my God, my wrinkles are so much worse than yours because I have more units. Not necessarily. You just yeah. have stronger muscles. Right. Doesn't and a matter. different shaped forehead. You exactly. Know? This is what it is. Yes. Yeah. All the time. So during the appointment, so people come in, they're nervous, right? They think, oh my God, it's going to hurt so bad. But in reality, these needles are tiny. It really doesn't hurt that bad. So more times than not that I'll be done with the treatment and people will be like, oh, that's it. That's what I get all the time. Oh, that's it. They're so. like, did you do this area? I'm like, yep, I did that first. They're like, oh my God, I didn't feel it. I'm like, what are we doing here? Like, Exactly. Where so are you? Scare. Obviously, you know, talk to your provider. Hopefully they'll educate you, make you feel comfortable, have good side, right. bedside manner. Right. But um, you don't be, it's not a scary thing. It's, yeah. You go in, you get, get the treatment, you get out of there. It should be less than 10 minutes. Yeah, it really is quick. 
Um, well, it's quick to do it. I feel like the assessment is the part that takes the longest. Yes, trying to the figure out your dose. Right. Yes, exactly. Um, so what you can do prior to the treatment, um, to avoid bruising, I would avoid things like aspirin or Aleve, ibuprofen, um, even garlic and onions make you bleed. Vitamin E, yep. fish oil. Yep. I've even yeah. read that ginger can make you bleed. So if you can avoid those things for about two weeks before your injections, that will help minimize bruising. Yes. Bruising will happen from time to time. It's just, it's inevitable. You're sticking a needle in the skin. Sometimes you're going to bruise. So it doesn't, um, I mean, if you're bruising all over the place, that's probably not a good reflection of your provider. But just because they bruise you every once in a while does not mean anything bad. Exactly. The, t- yeah. the, the needle is tiny. The mm-hmm. areas that we inject are usually not too vasculature. We can that's try true. to look for the vasculature, but right. you know, sometimes, sometimes you can't see it. Sometimes you can't. So yeah. you can't avoid it always, but we try right. our best. Right. And then after treatment, we ask people not to work out that day. For about really, eight hours. Right. So you're also not supposed to lie down for four hours. You're not supposed to massage the area. Obviously, let's just take the precautions. Just, you know, don't right. work out. That's don't want to work out. Yeah. Just, don't work out is my biggest thing. Definitely don't work out. Yes. But, I mean, I think that those laying down rules and things like that are for the minuscule amount of people that right. m- might have had an injection a little too close to an area it shouldn't mm-hmm. have been. Right. Where just that little bit of movement with a dilated blood vessel or whatnot is going yeah. to place the Botox in the area. We don't want it in. Yeah. I so, agree. you know, I, I'm – I'm not necessarily I say it anyway, the just believer in it. Yeah. Yes. But, it's like you know, cover your ass type thing. <laughs> why take the risk? <laughs> right, you know? right. So I say it, but I don't harp on that too much. But that's that's just my opinion on it. Yeah. I usually am just like, hey, you got some mosquito bumps on your face. They're going to go away. Don't mess with them. Don't yeah, exercise. Like 20 minutes. Don't work out. Yeah. Yeah. It's normal. Sometimes I'll get people and they're like, I've never had these little bumps before. I'm like, yes, you have. If I injected you with water, you would have little raised up well, bumps. Well, I will tell you, I've had that before too. And I think it's people who who um, are using like a very small ratio, like a 0.5 to 1 ratio. Yeah, where they're not they don't have bumps. A lot. Mm-hmm. Or they're going so deep that mm-hmm. maybe in a lesser amount, like you said, I don't mm-hmm. know. Yeah. I mean, that's preference. I think if you use a lesser amount like that, then – you whatever. Don't have, to have more pokes, but whatever. Exactly. Not, we're, not we're here or there. Now we're getting into it a little bit too <laughs> yeah. much. But. Let's not get into that. <laughs> yeah. That's just a provider preference style. Yes. You know, that's that's on your provider how they do things. So, um, don't another way to avoid bruising is really quickly not to mm-hmm. get you know. Don't get lit up the night before. You yeah. know? <laughs> <laughs> Such a good point. I cannot tell you how many times I go through the list. Like you're bleeding. Have you done this? This and this? No. Did you drink last night? Yeah. Okay, there you go. (laughs) So, you know, just like try to take it easy. Don't show up to your appointment hungover and it'll be fine. Yes. And you know what? If you want to, that's fine. Listen, that's your prerogative. But just know you might bruise. It is what it is. Not the worst thing in the world. Bruising lasts like a week. It'll go away. You can put some Arnica gel on a bruise afterwards, some ice even. It's not a big deal. Usually the bruises are very, very small and not going to really show spread across your face easily cover up by makeup so last couple of days no yeah. big deal um the other thing that I get a lot of questions about is brows feeling heavy for a couple of weeks usually when Botox or Dysport is even kick in you will feel some heaviness mm-hmm. not always a lot of people do mm-hmm. I yeah. would say a lot of people do I personally like it. I'm like, yes, it's working. But <laughs> I know sometimes I, I 
would say um, I get more of the heavy headache feeling from Dysport than Botox yeah. because it kicks in faster is what yeah. I found from complaints. But It's like so quick rather than a gradual Botox. Exactly. Um, so taken in, yeah. Sometimes people who have a history of headaches and migraines all lean a little more towards Botox and Dysport. But yeah. That makes um, sense. It's totally normal. A lot of people, they'll come in. They're going to be freaking out. They're like, oh, my brows feel so heavy. We'll yeah, like, before. oh, I think my brows dropped. Yes, yes, And then exactly. you look at before and afters, and it's like, no, it just feels no. that way. Exactly. So yeah. we'll pull up before and afters. Um, I, you know, usually things are all set in stone by two weeks. The peaking does occur for about three weeks, though. So if they come mm-hmm. in at two weeks, they're still feeling heavy. We look at pictures. They're obviously not dropped. But they're still feeling pretty heavy. I'll schedule an appointment for another week so we can relook at some things. But yeah. usually, more times than not, it's relieved by the third week. Yeah. I mean, sometimes brows do drop, though. And mm-hmm. a lot of times you can fix that. Unless someone literally asks for, like, a frozen forehead or they've gotten too much Botox and it did freeze them, mm-hmm. it can drop some brows. It will wear off. Um, sometimes you can lift them, like I said, but not if the – the forehead's frozen usually. Yes. Um, it's, it's just a risk. Yeah. Usually and, your first and, time seeing a provider too, that might happen because they're not used to your forehead. Absolutely. Most of the time, you know, I'll talk to my clients about their musculature, what mm-hmm. I view as a strong forehead versus a light forehead. We'll talk right. about being more conservative if they have to come back in. But usually you right. want you want to do a good job so people are happy and they don't have to yeah. come back in. However, most times it does work out. Exactly. But I, if you do feel like you're heavy or you do feel like your brows dropped, if you have a good provider, you want to go to them and you want to talk to them about them. And, yeah. you know, you don't, don't, come, don't, don't be coming at them all crazy, you know. Because yeah. they – I know for me, I want to know how I can make your experience the best. So right. I will make a note in your chart that that was too much for you. And we'll right. do less the next time. But and it's like – there's One no magic wand. Across- yes. Exactly. exactly. There's no yeah. magical <laughs> unicorn wand. Um, we are not magicians. If you just talk about it with your provider, it's fine. They usually can fix it or, and work with you and put notes in your chart, like Aaron said, for the future. And sometimes you come in and you just do like a standard amount in someone's forehead and it looks like they could use that. But in reality, they need only tiny little droplets, a couple of them in there because they're so sensitive to it. And you don't know because it's your first time getting to know their muscles. So I say, yeah, after that, you know, 25% of people usually may need more or less Botox by their, um, second treatment just to tweak it. So, yeah, but you know, usually you're gonna, your provider is going to be good enough to want to work with you and make notes and all that. So right. And improve it. So it it will get better. Yeah. So that's kind of important to say that you want to have a good relationship with your provider that you have just because if you go to another provider and you're complaining, it's, um, it's just going to happen all over again, probably to you. Yeah. It could happen all over again because now they're just, they've never seen you before and they don't know how you're going to react. So I'd say always give your provider a second chance to correct things. If they don't correct it by then, then, and if they're not having good open communication with you, then you should Mm -hmm. probably go somewhere else. Yeah. If you're not getting a good vibe, like they're looking out for your best interest, then bye Felicia. That's just what I would do. Exactly. Um, so yeah, that's about, that's about that on that. Yeah. On the side effects and the risks. I mean, really, you know, evaluation, um, make sure your provider is qualified to even do these injections. There's a lot of things I hear about 
you know, primary care doctors doing Botox, your OBGYN doctors doing Botox on the side, or these little kind of weekend side jobs that some providers have. Sometimes they're good, and other times it's a little risky. So um, a good provider is definitely going to be able to explain the whole process. They're going to be able to explain your anatomy and your physiology, and, you know, they're going to know how to fix any issues you have. And I'm not saying these doctors are bad in any sense, but it's almost like this is something you need to do almost every day to be really professional and good at it. Yes, and most of the time, the dentists and the OBGYNs and stuff, they have only had a course or a class and that's about it. Right, right. They don't do it every day. Also, you have to think about everyone's face is asymmetrical in a way. We just need to accept that. Usually your provider will go over that with you in the beginning. Like, hey, listen, I notice that there's one brow higher than the other. Naturally, you just need to accept that and you can do your best to fix that. The provider can. But again, we don't have you know, magical unicorn wands, we can't maybe make it 100%. So sometimes brow unevenness uh, can be, you know, helped but not fixed totally. So just keep that in mind, people. I've even had a few cases of Bell's palsy Mm -hmm. where that brow, it's done, it's frozen, and people are sad because their brow is lower than the other one. Unfortunately, once that damage is done, it's pretty much done. We can do a little bit to try to raise it, but we can definitely make the other one even with it if that's what the problem is. We can can make it less noticeable. Exactly, but we can work with – we have to work with your other one and not the one that's been damaged, so. Right. You have to almost tweak the other one that still uh, has full movement. Exactly. So So, just understand expectations and discuss that with your provider because I think that's the biggest – issue is not understanding expectations right and like the reality of it it's an easy fix just talk yeah so you know once you've had your Botox done it's you know also a matter of taking care of the skin because you're stopping those wrinkles from forming yes by stopping the muscles from moving them but you also have to think about your skincare too. Um, we'll go into this on another topic, but just keep in mind that Botox is not the fix-all be-all. It's not the only piece to this puzzle of, you know, staying youthful and anti-aging. This is an investment, people. Yes. It's a lifestyle. You, it is a lifestyle. <laughs> and you have to realize once you're starting to put all this work and effort into this, you are going to want to maintain and keep up with it. You're not going to want to you know, spend money on a personal instructor and then only go to the gym once, you're not going to get a six pack. You're going to have to go on a diet and, you know, change your whole lifestyle and make sure you're consistent. It's the same thing with your skin. Just like you said, you're not going to get a Ferrari and never wash it. Exactly. Great. You have a Ferrari, (laughs) but now your shit is nasty. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta get an oil change every once in a while. You know, gotta Gotta wash those windows. Yeah. You got to do just a little bit more. It's, it's a little bit of upkeep. Yes. So Botox alone is not the answer, okay? It's just part of the overall big picture. Absolutely. We can also talk about filler that people do sometimes in the forehead to help fill in those deeper lines. Because like I said, if those lines are there at rest and you do Botox, they'll soften them, but they won't get rid of them. So a lot of mm-hmm. people are like, well, can you put filler in these lines? I don't like it. The answer like is... We can do anything you want. Yeah. However, is it safe? Not really. Yeah. There's big risks with that. I mean, if you 
inject into a blood vessel, you could cause the skin to die in that area. Um, it's just, it's almost just not worth it. I'd- Even some risk of blindness, which is just, it's just not, no. we've both done it before, you right. know. We do it every now and then for the patient who really is just dying for it. Yeah, but, but- I'm going to go over those risks. Oh, yeah. So Big I went time through with them, them. because I, mm-hmm. I just I don't like to do it. I don't want to do it. I just don't think that there's anything that's worth it. And right. even even if you don't go into the blood vessel, some studies have even shown putting filler there. If they, a provider's put too much there, it sits on top of the blood vessel and can occlude it that way, yeah. too. And still just, cuts off blood supply. Exactly. And has the yes. same issues. Um, also, I've seen a lady before. Um, she's had filler above her eyebrows to help fill in some of those lines. Well, and also it helps lift up the brow by putting filler there. So people are like, oh yeah, give me that brow lift, fill in those lines. Well, guess what? This woman, the filler eventually traveled down into her eyelids and it was, she had filler in her freaking eyelids. So then they were all puffy and every morning she woke up, she could barely open her lids. So then she would have to, you know, spend more money to dissolve the product in her eyelids. It's just a freaking disaster. I mean, I just... I'm not into that way. Just if if your provider is telling you that it's too big of a risk, you know, and that they would rather not make money on you because of it, saying something. Right. So you know, make sure make sure you're not go- going too crazy down this rabbit hole and right. getting a little too vain. You getting know, a little too crazy. We're gonna help you as much as we can. There are other options though. Right. Much less risky. Yeah. We'll go into that later, but. Yeah. Yeah, another Skincare, episode. lasers, yeah. so many yes. other options. Yes. We'll get there. So also, they're on the newer side of all this, there's apparently a new neurotoxin coming out that's supposed to last up to six months. So like double yes. the time that mm-hmm. Botox or Dysport or Xeomen's supposed to last. So that's going to be interesting when that comes out. Did you find out who, what company was making that? No, but I found the like medical name. It's just a different you know, spin on Another company. Botulinas. Yeah. yeah. Not, Probably just more genetically modifying mm-hmm. it. So yeah, yeah there's we'll no, obviously there's not a lot out there cause it's not FDA approved right now. So yeah. people are risk are not wanting to share a lot, but I don't know if I want to be the guinea pig on that. I want to have a few people do it first before I decide to do it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I know. I'm, I'm wondering what the, but ideally it sounds great. The, you know, risks and benefits are going to be. Of yeah. It, so. It's any different. Cause I mean, yeah. with Dysport, Xeomin and Botox, Kind of all the risks are the same. There's no different I mean, side effects between all of them. Not really, you know, overall. Yeah, I mean, they say that Dysport can spread slightly a little bit further. Yeah, right. You know, which, you know, some people are like, oh, that's a little bit risky. It's not as precise. But then at the same time, I like to use it better in men because they'll yes. spread a little bit more over the frontalis. Or, right, it's a little you know. bit stronger in a sense, I feel like. So there's some alternatives to Botox that sometimes I'll get patients coming to me and asking. And I'm also not a big advocate of these things. Um, one of them is Thermi rays, where they use radio frequency to damage the nerves that innervate the muscles in the forehead. This effect lasts about around a year and a half from my understanding. But the risks of that are, I mean, full on, if you drop an eyebrow or if it's wrong in any way and you look frozen and you look scary, guess what? You're stuck. It's going to be lasting a really long time. Yeah, you're stuck with that. And there is no reverse, unfortunately. Right. Also, surgery. Mm-hmm. We can cut those suckers. Just cut yeah. those muscles straight across. Yeah. <laughs> but again, Real it can be a little crazy. It can yeah. look a little crazy. Yeah, and you then know? there's no going back. Yeah. And that Which lasts is- like several years. 
I had a patient, she was like in her 60s and she's like, yeah, I had this done 10 years ago and she was still having lasting effects. I was like, holy crap. She didn't look very natural though, I will say that. Yeah, I mean, Botox is the best. Let's just put it out there. Yeah, neurotoxins in general, they're the best. (laughs) Neurotoxins are the best, yeah. I know people are so freaked out by them, like, oh, I don't want to put a toxin in my body, blah, blah, blah. But it's it's really well-researched at this point. You know, you inject Botox in your forehead. It is not going to go down to your leg and cause paralysis. It's just not that much you're injecting to begin with, so. Also, people who are getting it from medical conditions like migraines and bladder spasms and whatnot they're getting hundreds and hundreds of units you're yeah. going down like max like 50 ish max yeah unless you're getting a little crazy and like doing your right chin and your gummy lip and your yeah and your necklines yes your bluetoothsmal yeah. bands i mean you're really not gonna you shouldn't ever really be over 50 yeah even in the armpits, you put 50 units under each armpit. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, yeah. and that has great effects on people. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So. Should we talk a, about some myths? Yeah. Let's talk about the myths. All the myths. All the crazy things people are saying. All the time, still to this day. Aaron the and I are constantly internet tells them. Ugh. Yes. Or they heard from a friend. Or Yes. Let's start with that. So, Rochelle, is this toxic? It's a toxin, right? Right. It's it's definitely not toxic. Like we just said, in very small quantities, you're freaking fine. You just need to get over that, get it out of your head. There are other toxins we use out there from the natural environment, uh, like fish toxins used to treat chronic pain or frog toxins to treat cancer. I mean, toxins aren't all bad if they're used in small doses and well controlled. So I think even snake venom is like one of the newest, latest and greatest for skincare and all that. So, you know, it's, it's, it's fine. Based on a naturally occurring substance. (laughs) Right. (laughs) It happens in nature. It's totally natural. (laughs) So, you know, obviously it's been going around a long time. It, it goes out of your system in a couple of days yeah. anyway. And, and if you're if you're scared to do it that much, just start with a little bit in a small area. See how you like it. It's, mm-hmm. it's just dip your toe in. You don't need to dive in head first, you know? Exactly. Yeah. So. Um, the other myth that I hear a lot is people coming in and they'll ask me, if they get this done, once it wears off, are their wrinkles going to be worse? Yeah. They're definitely not going to be worse. If anything, we're saving you we're some time we're we're yes. literally stopping your wrinkles from getting worse for a few months absolutely yeah it's literally freezing the hands of time for about four months it's just going to go back to like it was normally you're yep. going to be making those movements again um you'll get back the same exact strength again those wrinkles will come back just as naturally as they came before so you just have to kind of think of it that way yeah it's, it's not- preventative it's, yes, it's preventative. It's, it prevents your your uh, wrinkles from getting deeper. And that's really it. If you do it for years and years and all of a sudden you decide you want to stop, it'll take some time getting that muscle strength back, but you will get it back. So people don't need to worry so much about that. Absolutely. So as their long-term side effects, any sort of permanent damage, and that's a big fat no. Exactly. It's been used for 20 years, like we said before. We've been Mm -hmm. preaching this the whole time. It's been used in higher doses, other places. No one has found any long-term side effects as of yet. It's really just, yeah, it's not harmful to the system in these doses. So Yeah. Goes in, it goes out. We're good. We're good. 
So other things that people worry about is, um, will I look unnatural? Like. Yeah. Like our little housewives that we love so much. Yes. <laughs> All the real housewives. Some of them look a little scary. Uh, we love them, but, you we know, sometimes them. they need to pull back on the uh, cosmetic surgery um, <laughs> because they give kind of a bad name to um, the industry, to a lot of people who are just trying to be a little natural, but, you know, tweak a couple things here and there. A good yeah. injector is going to make you look like you haven't had anything done. Exactly. I mean, if you inject too much or if it's incorrectly injected, that's when you're starting to run into problems where it's noticeable you had something done. But we prefer to allow just mild animation. You're still going to be able to move your eyebrows. You're still going to be able to smile and express your face. We prefer that, honestly. And most providers, I feel, prefer that as well. A good thing I always tell people, look at your provider. If they look totally unnatural, be be mm-hmm. wary of that, you know, be a cautious, absolutely. Be a little cautious if they look like, you know, a plastic freaking Stepford wife, you know? Absolutely. And don't be scared to just kind of, you know, ask them to be a little more conservative of your mm-hmm. first treatment and just be aware you may have to come back. Right. But so if you're okay up. with that, then it should not be a problem. Right. Sometimes the stepwise, you know, approach to solving a problem. Yeah. So a lot of people will ask, is it addictive? Physically, is it addictive? Chemically, is it addictive? No, no proven dependence or tolerance. Right. But sometimes people, there's no proven dependence or tolerance. Let's repeat that. However, some people think that it's starting to wear off on them a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Like say they're using Botox, it starts to wear off a little quicker over time. So then they want to switch over to Dysport, see if it lasts a little bit longer. And sometimes that, for whatever reason, works with people. Absolutely. I, I have I have people too that they really, really think one lasts longer for the, them than the other mm-hmm. one. Which it might. Who knows? Or maybe a little genetic component to the way we metabolize it. Right. My runners and um, high metabolism, you mm-hmm. know, athletes, they, they're going to go through both of them fast. So, you yeah. know. It's true. It just kind of depends. But you can always switch it up. Most people have both. Yeah. I, I will alternate with some people and be like, tell me what you like better. It doesn't matter. Tomato, tomato, whatever you right. guys want. Yes. So no big deal. Absolutely. So this fun fact that Botox has been shown to be antidepressant. Yes. Let's, let's end on this great fact. Um, they started doing studies that both people who were getting neurotoxins were overall happier and less depressed. Some people hypothesized that it was just because they looked better, so they felt better. But they started doing more research and showed that people who could not make angry faces and the scowling and the, you know, scuffing of the eyes, the furrowing, yes, that those areas of their brain under MRI would not light up as much in that emotional center. It's so great. I know. It's like you can't – it's like when they say, like, if you're really upset, just smile and it'll mm-hmm. just eat, make you feel better just because you're smiling and your brain cannot process like, I'm smiling. Wait, am I happy? So it's, I guess it's kind of like the same thing with the Botox. Your exactly. brain is like, oh, I can't make that angry face. All right. I'm not going to be as angry because I can't. So right. yeah, that's it's, pretty it's damn cool. all linked. Yes. Yeah. So, so if, if anything else, just get Botox to be happy, people. Yeah. Just a little happier. <laughs> So that basically concludes our first episode of Botox um, and LOCA in general. So um, we're going to cover a lot of topics. Like I said, um, skincare, skincare ingredients, makeup, 
hair care, lasers, um, microneedling. I mean, what else am I missing? There's like a million things we can cover. Everything and all fillers. Yeah, fillers is different. Fillers is a huge one, and that's Aaron and I probably do fillers more than anything else for people. So um, we'll go into all different areas you can use fillers. Even we'll talk about what a filler is. Yeah, Sculptra. Permanent fillers versus uh, non-permanent fillers. So there's, yeah, there's, there's a so lot much. to discuss. Um, we find that Which is why we, have we listen to, <laughs> yeah, we, we listen to a lot of other beauty podcasts and we found they're awesome, but we just felt they were missing that one little, you know, medical side of it where no one was really kind of going into the stuff that we do as much as uh, we wanted to. So we're just bringing that to the table. Just another little addition. Absolutely. So, so please go to our website, locamedpros.com, mm-hmm. and write us all the questions, and we want to answer them all for you yeah. on there. We'll, we'll take questions. We'll always we'll answer them in our episodes. Um, we're open to any suggestions or comments or additions anyone wants to make. We also have an Instagram. It's called locamedpros. You can follow us on that. Um, what else? Are we missing anything? You can rate us too, but maybe it's a little too early to rate us. Give us give us a couple <laughs> couple episodes in. <laughs> but you know, rate us and then maybe we'll see where this goes. This is just a fun project for Aaron and I because we just love doing it. We have such a passion for it. So if we could just bring a little knowledge to the world, that's all we need really. So we hope stay you guys tuned. Like it. Yeah, stay tuned for uh our growth and what becomes of this. And we're excited. All right. See you next time. All right, bye.